1. Crayon and character B.J. Griswold forward. Any earnest Christian who is capable of addressing an audience or a Sunday school class, can, by the aid of this book, give a helpful chalk talk. The book has been designed to meet a growing need of this important phase of teaching. Any parent, with this book in the home, can use it not only to teach the boy or the girl a simple method of drawing, but may implant in the life of the child the good seed of the tree of life. In the preparation of these talks, life has been the keyword. The thought permeates both the text and the style of illustration used. It is also a feature of the arrangement of each talk whereby a developing or living picture holds the attention of the listeners through two scenes or steps of unfolding. Many of the time-honored symbols will not be found in these pages. The anchor as the emblem of hope, and the crown as the type of victory or kingship have given place to symbols and types from nature and from the everyday life of common folks. Many a smile has been introduced, and why not? We proclaim the gospel as the good news, the message of joy and gladness. The New Testament, with its glad tidings of great joy, is one continuous song, always. However, it has been the aim to alleviate the thoughts of the listener to him whose light we are to reflect among men. The title of each chalk talk appears twice in the index, in order to provide a wide range of subjects from which to select an appropriate lesson for each occasion. In his years of experience as a newspaper writer and illustrator, the author has endeavored to cultivate the art of saying as much as possible in a few words and drawn lines. In this book and in your chalk talk work the same thought applies. As a Sunday school superintendent and a teacher, The author hopes that many may not be afraid to undertake the use of chalk after studying the easy method here described, as a means of enlarging your fullness as a teacher of the eternal truth. The book, we believe, contains much that will help and encourage. Fort Wayne, Indiana, B.J. Griswold, before taking, there are too many books published which are good for two things only, first they are good sellers, possibly best sellers. Second they are good at keeping people out of bed till midnight because they make such mighty interest in reading. Such books may make their authors famous and their publishers rich. But if that is all they are good for, we would not care to sell, much less to publish, them. The book which the reader holds is put out, not because it is bound to be a good seller nor because it is interesting, but because of its power to help Christian work and workers, and of its own ability to give instruction in righteousness to its readers, old and young to sow seed thoughts of truth in human minds and hearts, and who will it help, all Christian platform workers in general and the Sunday school superintendent in particular, the superintendent, especially on all, special days, the pastor, especially in the prayer meeting where any kind of help, so it is help, will be welcomed by most pastors, it will be full to all because of its wealth of material and illustration for expressive and impressive little, big, 10 minute talks. Whenever opportunity offers, we commend the book with all earnestness, to these various classes of people, and will insist that no father or mother will ever be the poorer, but the richer, who will part with the price and get in exchange for it a copy of this book, as a birthday or Christmas gift to a son or daughter between 10 and 20 years of age. It will help parents in the uncertain and difficult problem of rearing their children in a way that will make them and keep them a joy in the home, rather than a heartache, a heartbreak and the saddest kind of a bereavement, which is too often the case, surely a dollar spent which may help avert this, is worth far more than a hundred cents lying and used in a bank, there are 62 picture outlines in the book, and with every picture a 10 minute talk, with chalk illustration, which recites and impresses, now, a great and noble deed of a truly noble man, 
Now it kindly act with a double blessing in it, again, a warning to those who unknowingly set foot upon the devil's ground and find it a miry or slimy pit, or, it may be a lesson from one of the world's great poets or historians, for the author has evidently been a reader of great books with a mind to recall many lessons learned therefrom. The Publishers. Introduction. The Plan of the Book. In the preparation of this book the author has had two great plans in mind, to prepare a work which will enable any person, who can speak to a class or an audience, to give a helpful, inspiring illustrated talk, to place in the hands of parents everywhere a book to enable them to teach the children a simple, fascinating method of drawing and, at the same time make the great truths of life a part of their everyday learning. Clear instructions are given as to the method of doing these two things. Then come 62 complete talks of special appropriateness for Christian teaching. If you are included in the following classes of workers, the book should be of special value to you, a speakers who earnestly want to give illustrated talks, but who feel that they can't draw a straight line. Be those who are experienced in shock talk work and are seeking new material. See teachers of the uniform lessons. D teachers of graded lessons. E Sunday school superintendents. For platform work. F pastors for use in prayer meetings and many other services of the church. G. Temperance Workers. In this department of work this book is especially worthy of consideration. H. Those who need suggestions to help them work out their own addresses. I. Parents for giving instruction in the home. It is a great truth that such teaching is far more effective than any which the church or the schools may provide. The value of chalk talks. Scientists tell us that nothing which completely occupies the mind for any length of time is ever forgotten. This, then, is the reason that the chalk talk method of teaching is so lastingly impressive. People forget everything else while watching a speaker draw a picture, and if they do that, they can never completely forget the words of the speaker or the picture he draws. A baby that doesn't know one letter from another can understand some pictures as well as you can. Try him once and see, and if he lives to be a hundred years of age, he will receive more lasting impressions from pictures than from what he reads. Your audience therefore, may be depended upon to be, right with you, from the beginning, the two-scene method, added to this feature of securing strict attention, we find in this book another help in the same direction, every talk is given in two, scenes, or steps, the speaker draws part of the picture, while he speaks, and then, at a little later period, adds the lines to complete the drawing and bring the scene to a climax, in each talk, the upper picture is the first scene, and the lower picture is the second scene, or completed drawing, chalk work on paper, the book is planned to encourage the use of sheets of book or newspaper instead of the blackboard, paper is used by all leading workers with chalk, to discard the blackboard is to take a forward step, however, if you are, wedded, to the use of the blackboard and can handle it effectively, you will find all but a small number of these illustrations adapted to your method, materials are cheap, Probably your school or church is already supplied with the necessary apparatus to do all the work as planned in this book. However, for any who may need to provide for himself a drawing board and easel, instructions for making them are here given. It is only necessary, then, to procure drawing paper and chalk. These are cheap in price and easy to get. You are urged, therefore, to proceed with the use of drawing paper as here instructed, and to lay aside the blackboard for the more advanced method important to beginners, each drawing in the book, as already stated, is given in two, scenes, in order to show you how your drawing will look when it is partly finished first scene, and how it will look when it is completed second scene, if you are at all, bashful, about taking up the work, 
Let us make this suggestion, in the seclusion of your home or elsewhere. Draw the first scene of your talk completely. Thus you will have plenty of time to make it to suit you. With no one to look on and fluster or confuse you. Then cover up the completed work. By placing another sheet of paper over it. When you appear before the audience to give your talk. Give your spoken introduction and lead up to the first scene. At this point. Remove the cover paper and expose your drawing. Proceed with your talk until you reach the climax in the second scene. At which time you give the picture the final lines with your crayon. Many will find this an easy, satisfactory way to give these talks. Indeed many of the illustrations in the book are most effective if given in this way. Experience, however, brings greater confidence. And many will prefer to do most of their drawing in sight of the audience. Devote yourself to a thorough understanding of essentials. And you will be pleased at the ease with which the field opens. The encouraging words of your associates and the echoes of the good you are doing will strengthen your confidence. Equipment and materials. The necessary equipment and materials for the work include the drawing board, the drawing paper and the chalk or lecture crayons. The drawing board. Probably your school has a reversible blackboard mounted on an easel, like that shown in figure 1. If so, you will find it amply sufficient for your use. The two or three little holes made by the thumbtacks. To attach your drawing paper to the board, at the top, will not injure it in the least. If you haven't such a board, it would be well to procure one, as it can be used for many purposes. The writer has often used a board of this kind in giving chalk talks. The publishers of this book will be glad to give full information as to size and price of such a board. Another convenient and cheap equipment is an ordinary square board. Figure 2. If you take six boards, each 45 inches long. 7 inches wide and 1 2 inch thick, and attach them to two cleats at the back. You will have a good, serviceable drawing board which can be hung against the wall with screw hooks and screw eyes, or, it can be set on an easel or other convenient holder. It is only necessary that the board be smooth and the wood be well seasoned soft pine or base wood to keep it from warping. If screws are used to fasten the boards to the cleats, screw them through from the back, leaving the front perfectly smooth. Be sure that the screws aren't too long. It would be well to stain the board brown or some other dark color. A combination drawing board and easel is shown in figure 3. A back view of which is given. Take 6 boards of well-seasoned soft pine. 45 inches long. 8 inches wide and 1 2 inch thick. For the rear legs. Use 2 pieces 5 feet and 8 inches long. 2 inches wide and 1 2 inch thick. A wire should be attached to each rear leg to avoid spreading. Figure 4 shows this board and easel in use. The drawing paper. The most inexpensive paper for chalk talk work is the kind on which newspapers are printed. It may be purchased from printing houses, paper dealers or newspaper offices. A cheap quality of book paper is also good. And may be bought from printing houses and paper dealers. Ordinary light colored, lightweight manila paper, such as is used for wrapping, is very satisfactory. It may be procured from paper dealers. Or... If you want but a small quantity, probably any merchant would be glad to supply you. The lines which you intend to place on it may be worth infinitely more than the goods he plans to wrap in it. The chalk. The writer is accustomed to using chalk made by the American Crayon Company, which can be had at any time from the publishers of this book. And, doubtless, from other publishers, ask for lecture crayons. A complete price list, together with samples of colors, will be furnished on request. For general work it is well to have on hand a half dozen sticks of black and a stick each of green, brown, red, yellow, orange and blue. 
The lecture crayons come in two sizes, one measuring one inch square and three inches long, the other is one half inch square and three inches in length. If you choose the larger size, the sticks can, when advisable, be cut to the smaller size. Preparing to give the top the instructions here given are for the beginner. Others will follow their accustomed methods. In our introduction we make the claim that any earnest Christian worker, who is capable of addressing an audience or a Sunday school class can, by the aid of this book, give a helpful chalk talk. Your response may be, but, I can't draw. Listen, the following instructions will teach you how to do the work without a technical or practical knowledge of drawing. Let us take up the matter step by step. When you understand the process, it will be as easy as falling off a log, and it won't jolt you half as much. The method explained. The first step before the time comes to give your talk. Attach half a dozen sheets of your drawing paper to your drawing board, making a smooth drawing surface. It is well to use thumbtacks for this purpose. Open the book to page 26, for we will prepare to give the chalk talk entitled, The Two Faces, The Upper Picture, Figure 7. Shows the picture partly finished, the lower picture. Figure 8. Shows how the picture will look when completed. You will note that the lower picture is cut up into squares measuring one-fourth of an inch each way. The second step by the use of a yardstick and lead pencil. Draw pencil lines on the large sheets of drawing paper. So as to separate the drawing paper into the same number of squares as there are on the picture in the book. Your paper is much larger than the page of the book. Therefore the squares on your drawing paper must be made much larger than the squares in the book. It is easy to calculate the size of the squares you should draw on the paper. Measure the width of the paper in inches and divide by 16 the number of squares across the picture in the book. And this will give you the figure representing the size of the squares you are to draw on the paper. If your drawing paper is 32 inches wide, your squares will measure 2 inches each way. The third step select one of the squares in figure 8 as a starting point and then find the corresponding square on your drawing paper. Having done this, draw a pencil line on your drawing paper, which will cross your enlarged squares in just the same places that the line crosses the small squares in the book. Continue the process until both faces have been outlined on your paper in the enlarged form. Then, with a piece of soft rubber, erase all of the straight pencil lines which form the squares, and the remaining outlines of the two faces will stand out clear and distinct. Already you will have found that you are more of an artist than you thought you were. This sheet of paper, with its tin pencil outlines of the picture, is now ready to be brought before your audience. You must, however, be sure of one thing, the pencil outlines must be just plain enough for you to see them without difficulty, but they must begin with the eraser to such an extent that your audience cannot see them. Thus you have before you a complete outline of the picture you are to draw, and, as you speak, you merely trace over these gin pencil outlines with your chalk. Isn't it simple? The fourth step all of the preparations up to this time have been done in the quietude of your own room. You are now ready to place your drawing board before your audience. After a smile of greeting you begin your talk. Let us, you say, talk for a little while about our thoughts. And then you proceed until you reach the reference to the sour-faced man. Here, for instance, you continue is a man with a face something like this, and you begin your drawing, starting anywhere you choose, take your time, and when you have finished the sour face, the audience will show its appreciation with a heartily responsive smile, this completes figure 7, proceed then with the talk until you reach the reference to the man with the sunny face, here comes a man who looks something like this, draw the second face, 
and you will have completed figure 8 and reached the climax of the drawing. As you make the application of the lesson, you will feel that your effort has already repaid you for the work you had undertaken, and each succeeding attempt will make the work easier until it becomes a pleasing habit. In figure 5 and figure 6 are shown a section of each of the faces of the top just referred to. Here they are enlarged four times. A shows the preliminary pencil lines forming the one-inch squares. BB indicates the pencil outlines of the faces, and CC illustrates the tracing of the pencil lines with the chalk. In this instance black chalk only is required, outlining the right picture. In some of the talks in the book, the dotted squares cover the upper picture, in others, they are drawn over the lower picture. In either case, the one containing the squares is the one to be outlined on your drawing paper. Not an artist, but a teacher. There should be no hesitation on your part to trace with chalk the pencil lines which you have placed on your drawing paper. Remember, always, that you are posing as a humble teacher of God's word and not as an artist. Your pencil outline holds the same relation to your chalk talk that the minister's notes hold to his sermon. Both are prepared in advance to enable the speaker to best present his message. Do not try to conceal your method. There is nothing about it of which you need be ashamed finishing part of the drawing in advance. Now that the process has been explained in detail, a thorough understanding of the suggestion under the heading, important to beginners, seems most essential as a still easier way to do the work. Finishing part of the work in advance still leaves the speaker something to do, and the audience will always be interested in finding out what that something is to be. The value of individuality. It is well for the beginner to cultivate an individual style of speaking. Substitute your own methods of expression in place of the language of the book. The more you do it, the larger will be the feeling that the message is a personal one from you to your hearers. Whenever you can do so, substitute a home illustration for the one in the book. As you become more accustomed to the work you will doubtless use pictures and subjects entirely outside of the book. Remember that any outline picture may be enlarged after the method here shown. Cut your picture into squares with drawn lines and enlarge it in the same manner. Many Bible scenes may be shown in this way. International or graded lessons. The book has been provided with two indexes. One directs you to fitting talks for special days. The other serves as a guide to talks and illustrations suitable to the application of any lesson. Determine the central thought of the lesson and consult the subject index. It will help you choose a talk appropriate for the day. The talk may need a little revision to enable you to give it the proper application but the main thought will be readily apparent. Talks for special days. The index for suitable talks for special days includes some which are not yet generally observed but which are of growing importance. Introducing some of these into your school or church's novelties. They may become as permanent as Easter, Children's Day, Rally Day and others. Talk versus chalk. No matter how little preparation you may need for your talk, remember that the words you speak are of greatest importance. It is to your words that you must give careful study, or your audience may lose the force of your thought while centering their attention upon the developing picture. Never apologize for the appearance of your drawing or of your ability as an artist. Strive to present truth only. Truth needs no apology. Do not draw in a sketchy manner. Determine on the place to begin your drawing and then use a continuous, easy line, without lifting the chalk from the paper, except when necessary to start in a new place. Strive only for good. The design of this book has been to present brief, impressive talks which hold attention for from 10 to 12 minutes. It is advisable never to speak longer than this, especially when children form a part of your audience and are the special object of your words.
If you cease speaking just when the audience wants to hear more, you will always be assured of a hearing the next time. If you leave one single wholesome thought with your audience you will have accomplished the greatest good. Avoid mannerisms. Cultivate an easy style of speaking and working. Don't become discouraged if everything doesn't go to suit you. Your audience is not a critical but a sympathetic one. All are striving to do the master's work. And the field you have undertaken will bring you the interest and the kindliest company operation of all who are working with but one great object in view. Recording your talks. It is suggested that each talk, as you give it, be so marked in the book as to indicate the time and place of its use. So you will avoid possible repetition before the same audience months or years later. A word to parents. The same general principles of procedure as those here given are suggested as the best method of using this book in the home. For the very little children, the parent will find it well to enlarge the outlines upon paper and tell the stories in such a way as can be understood best. But for the boys or girls who are in the younger grades at school the book describes a method of drawing which will delight and instruct them. Of course, the parent will have to teach the method to the children, as they will be incapable of understanding it from the printed description. With this instruction will come the unfolding of the stories of the book and their application. A child, when he sees a picture of a face or a house or any other object, wants to know all about it whose island what it is or what it is for. This is true especially if it be a picture which he is asked to draw for himself or which he sees drawn. This enables the parent to give into expectant and waiting ears the great truths of Christ as expressed in pictures which the child understands. It is best, we believe, in instructing those who are old enough to do the drawing themselves or watch the parent do it, to select paper of such a size as can be used on a desk or table. Ordinary letter size and roll tablet paper is convenient to get and easily handled. Let the child square off the page, under the parent's directions, and then let him do his part in tracing the picture from the book. Doubtless, some of the enlarged pictures will be fearfully and wonderfully made, but it is a start in a splendid direction a start which may have its ending in the happiness for which every parent longs and which cannot come unless the children begin in childhood to become the companions of their parents' companions who cannot be separated in later years by distance or the disturbances of the earthly life. A final word to ministers. Do not forget that there is no earthly or heavenly reason why a minister should not have a blackboard or an easel on the pulpit platform or in the prayer meeting room to help him keep his audiences awake while he tries to drive truth home to heart and mind. It is every preacher's duty to be interesting, and if this book and the blackboard, or the equipment for chalk talk work, will help him to be so, then it is his plain duty to buy the book and secure the chalk and easel and get busy being interesting. And there is one more thing, don't forget you can do it if you try. And now, with these general instructions and observations, the book is commended to the use of all who have the love of Christ in their hearts and who, as faithful workers, may wish to add one more working tool to those they have used so well. The two faces our thoughts, optimism, as a man can get in his heart, so is he, a lesson in character building, the lesson that our thoughts determine the kind of life we live and often proclaim character in the face, if the teacher succeeds in impressing upon the pupil the great need to guard well thy thoughts, for our thoughts are heard in heaven, he will have accomplished a work of immeasurable good in the life of the child or youth who is the fortunate object of such interest, the talk, let us think a while about our thoughts, do you know it is a fact that a man, seated quietly in an easy chair on his front porch on a summer evening, may be sinning against God and man, yes, it's true, for, as he sits there in the silence, 
he can hate another man with a bitter hatred, he can plan to rob him or burn his house or slander him or even take his life. And the worst of it all is that if he allows such thoughts to render room in his head it may not be long before his evil designs have become awful deeds. Not many boys or girls think such terrible things, but thoughts of this kind are only the little bad thoughts allowed to grow year after year in the head and in the heart. And do you know, also, that if you allow these little bad thoughts to live in your head and heart for a while, they get so bold and sassy that they insist on taking possession of the best room of your head and the parlor of your heart and defy you to put them out. The only thing you do is to throw them out the very first time they come in. Let us take a walk down street and mix with the crowd. Every person whom we see is thinking about something, even though he doesn't say a word. And we believe, as we look into the faces we meet, that we can tell just what kind of thoughts some of them have. Here, for instance, is a man with a face something like this. Draw the sour face. Completing the first step. Figure 7. He looks grouchy, perhaps he is vicious. And we avoid brushing against him. Perhaps he has lost money in a business deal. Perhaps he wanted a political position and didn't get it. Perhaps a supposed friend has proven it true. Perhaps his disappointment. Whatever it island has made him sour and crabbed. But we pass a son. And we meet other faces. Here comes a man who looks something like this. Draw the happy face. Completing figure 8. He doesn't look as if he had a care in all the world. Does he? And yet we may find that he, too, has lost money in a business transaction that was full of promise that he, also, has failed to win a political race, that he has been mistreated by a supposed friend, and yet, through it all, he has never lost sight of the sunshine, he has learned many a valuable lesson from each of his disappointments, and perhaps he has had a good many more of them than the other fellow ever knew, now, what has made the difference in these two men, their thoughts have made the difference, the grouch has, for years, entertained grouchy thoughts. The sunshiny man has cultivated the habit of seeing the bright side of things. That's all there is to it. How about you, boys, and you, girls? What kind of thoughts do you think? I said, you remember, that if bad thoughts get into your head and heart, they stick there defiantly. But, listen, if you let good thoughts into your head and heart, they, too, will settle down and make their home with you and your happiness is assured. Don't get into the habit of growling because the streetcar is two minutes late. Thank your lucky stars that there is a streetcar to come at all. Learn to be happy. A smiling face is welcome everywhere. People scamper away from a scowling countenance. Especially if the owner of it insists upon telling his woes and troubles. Remember that happiness depends not upon how many burdens we worry about. But upon how many blessings we are glad about it depends not upon what we have. But upon what we enjoy. God says. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts that island his unrighteous thoughts. Why? Because God knows that vulgar thoughts make vulgar men, and evil thoughts make evil men. So boys, make a practice of chasing them out of your heads as you would drive a snake out of your bedroom. The Christmas stockings Christmas the needy it is well to remember the poor at Christmas, but it is infinitely better to be a true friend every day. The lesson that the true Christmas spirit is that which causes us to remember the needy always, whether their need be for the necessities of life or for the love of a real friend. Too many of us are inclined to shower our gifts and our good wishes upon the needy at the glad Christmas season, and then neglect this great field of service throughout another 12-month period. The talk. As we go out upon the street today everybody seems to be happy and full of laughter and good cheer. 
people who usually pass us by without speaking at all or who merely nod without as much as a smile, act today as if they knew us very well, they smile real widely and say Merry Christmas, just as heartily as they know how, and we respond to the greeting with a same to you, with an inner feeling of friendliness that somehow surprises us, it is a time when nearly every heart is warmed, and we find our greatest joy in seeing how happy we can make other folks, in every home where children are to be found and there the Christmas spirit is the merriest we see the stocking all hung in a row, and we are just as anxious to fill them as the owners are to have them filled, draw the three stockings, completing figure nine, here they are, and when Susie and Johnny and little Bob come scrambling downstairs on Christmas morning their eyes sparkle with delight and our hearts warm with Christmas gladness as we join in their merriment, but there are other homes, and other stockings stockings not so warm, not so good stockings that are darned and patched and worn like this, with broad side of black crayon change the stockings of figure 9 to resemble those of figure 10, in the atmosphere of Christmas joy in our own comfortable homes, do we sometimes overlook the boys and girls in the poorer homes who won't have much of a Christmas unless we fill these poor, patched little stockings with gifts to show that someone cares, I don't believe there is a boy or,